I'm all about building communities, celebrating unique journeys, and sharing stories about the paths people have taken to enter the tech industry. Join me as we explore the skills my guests have learned in their prior jobs, schooling, or life experiences, and how they apply them to their current roles in tech. In today's episode, I interview Frank Foster, who has been in tech for nearly 10 years, primarily working in IT until 2018, when he joined as a mentor for Inspire Idaho, a program created for adults who weren't able to or interested in following traditional educational paths to become app developers. After being let go due to COVID from his most recent IT job, he was hired by Gleason Technology as a mobile software engineer in September of 2020 and finally landed his first software development role. Today, we talk about that recent journey of interviewing and submitting over 100 job applications and discuss what it takes to overcome imposter syndrome and finally land your dream job. Well, you have to drive your imposter syndrome to not say I'm going to be a bother to others, but rather be my imposter syndrome is driving me to find answers. I'm your host, Lauren Lee, and this is We Belong Here, lessons from unconventional paths to tech. And be sure to listen until the end of today's episode as I'm talking with Greg Thomas, the author of Code Your Way Up. Today we talk about why he wrote the book and what it means to rise to the challenge of software leadership. Plus, he shares a way for you to get a free online version of the book. Frank, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me on. This is really exciting. Absolutely. I'm so excited to be chatting with you today. And I want to dive in. Let's start at the beginning, shall we? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Cool. So take me back to the beginning. Tell me more about the experiences that you had before you entered the tech industry. Yeah. So to kind of roll it back a little bit, I kind of started my professional career, if you will, kind of on a whim. My, My wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, basically said, hey, you know, you love Apple stuff, like you're an Apple nerd. I I loved like, you know, iPhones and, you know, MacBooks and stuff like that going back. So she said, hey, there's a store opening up here locally. You should apply. And I said, sure, cool. So I applied. I got the job and I started working at the local Apple store here about 10 years ago, just doing IT, you know, Genius Bar, started in sales and then worked up that way. Yeah. Genius Bar. (laughs) Yes. Okay, sure. So, and so some might be saying or listening to <laughs> mm-hmm. this in the sense of like, well, wait, that that's a job in tech. Have you really made the transition? But this is a really interesting point I think we need to like sit in and talk about because it's IT is very different than, you know, oh, software absolutely. development or, you know, mobile software engineering as you're in currently. Um, so, okay. So you were at Apple at the genius bar and I, oh gosh, I just like, for some reason, just like triggered oh, I man. just cause I think of like the holidays and people being angry and like needing help and, and you're like, have you tried unplugging and tried turning it back on? A- it's absolutely. just like so much chaos, I imagine, but I'm sure there was good too. I'll say this about my time there is that it set a lot of foundational elements of like working with people very well. Yeah. And I credit Apple with that so massively, but I will say like the retail side of things, working with customers, working with the public, as anybody who has worked a retail job before, like that is always the most challenging part is being able to interact with customers and they all come in with different expectations and different ideas. And, you know, Apple is not a, not a small retail store, you know, it's, it's pretty big (laughs) and there's a lot of people and, and it gets nuts. So (laughs) Your client base is quite large. Oh my gosh. No, but I'm sure that those are skills that, I mean, you put into place today and are probably very thankful. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh gosh. Despite the chaos, but yeah, no, that's interesting. Okay. So then what came next after that? So kind of that desire to leave the retail space is Mm. kind of what prompted me to be like, all right, I need to find something else. I I decided I wanted to stay in IT at the time. I thought, well, you know, uh, I've kind of reached the ladder I can reach here. Um, I want to stick with computers and with technology. Further backstory, I was homeschooled and my big prompt into tech was uh, I was going to school for a music degree and I bought a MacBook and I said, I'm going to use the MacBook and it's going to be cool. And I ended up falling in love with it. And I was like, well, what else can I do with computers? Oh, I got you. So 
it was like from garage band to you know then suddenly opening up other things that were within it i see exactly oh so God. so moving away from apple was like one of those things where i was like i need to find something that's still in tech but is still not with the public as much so i found another job as a pc technician so i jumped ship i jumped the sacred apple ship to the pc land Stop! <laughs> wow were you just curious you're like i'll see the other side i need to kind of see what's out there and i've, I've been so in this apple space yeah. that i need to understand beyond macbooks or what was it I think it was a combination of things of like, this is so silly and it's like the funniest way to like think about it. But <laughs> back space. in the day, the Verge, <laughs> the Verge posted an article series for a while called like, what's in my tech bag? Mm, sure. And they did one with Steve Wozniak. Mm. And I remember reading it and his bag is is fantastic. Like if you ever want to find it, like I'll, I'll see if I can pull up a link. Perfect. But, yeah. I'll include um, it in the show notes. Yeah. It's so he, I, I hope they still have it, but Anyway, it was like he had like four iPhones and like some Galaxy tablets and like all this stuff. It's like, why is he carrying all that stuff? And his whole mentality was like tech is, you know, a means mm -hmm. to an end. So it's neither, you know, Apple versus mm -hmm. Android. It's not Xbox mm -hmm. versus PlayStation. It's not Windows versus Mac. Mm -hmm. It's like I use the best tools for the best things. And I was like, I love yeah. that. Like because you can't just say like Apple is the greatest right. or Microsoft right. is the greatest or Linux is the greatest, even though some might sure, disagree. Sure, sure, sure. We're, we're tiptoeing but... towards hot waters right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like this message of like, let's not divide ourselves over these things. It's a silly thing to debate. I, you know, again, that's a, that's a hot thing to say or controversial. <laughs> Every time somebody releases a new product, it's like, let's stoke the fires again. It's oh like, my gosh. Yeah. You're so right. <laughs> No, that's interesting, though. I, and really good for you. That's super cool that you yeah. decided to go outside of your comfort zone and learn what it would be like to be IT for that particular piece. That's interesting. You know, I think the other part of it, too, is like IT as an industry is very PC oriented. And especially in the Pacific Northwest, where like Microsoft has a much larger foothold than like Apple would. Um, it was kind of like, well, if I want to see myself like moving up the ranks or getting any further, I'm going to have to get some PC experience. So that was, that was a big part of it too, was just like, if I want to continue my growth, that's where it was. So I, I kind of dived head first <laughs> and where I worked, I worked at a credit union and the, uh, the credit union here locally, like I kind of started at the ground and kind of worked, worked up a little bit. They ended up like recycling a lot of their old tech. So they like recycled a server and I was like, I'm going to take that home. And they're like, okay. So I took it home and I like learned about servers and I learned about like virtual machines and hypervisors, and like all the storage arrays. Like they, they even ended up throwing away a, an old storage array. And I was like, I'm going to fill that with hard drives. Let's see how this works. <laughs> so it was just basically like continually expanding. Two years into that, I was kind of like, you know what? Like, I don't see myself going that much further in IT. Like I, I kind of hit hit some walls as far as like wanting to stay in that world. And I was seeing some signs from friends and stuff that in our particular area that like IT was kind of, it was kind of stagnating in our area a little bit. And I was also, you know, you have customers in a way, but you're kind of, you're kind of pigeonholed into like, you have to do things like X, Y, Z, right? Like there's not a lot of creativity in the IT space. Right. It's either fixed or it's not. And you've helped me or yeah. you haven't. And yeah, you might have a creative solution, but I just want yeah. the fastest one and the tried and true one. You know, exactly. it, it's, uh, gosh, that does sound kind of stifling. Sure. Yeah. I can definitely picture that. Yeah. No, it's, it's totally like you're kind of stuck with what's, what you have to do, right? Like it's, you flip mm -hmm. the switch mm -hmm. back on or off. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. so it, <laughs> it was, it was kind of at that point, like, I was like, you know what? Like, I want to go back to Apple, like in some capacity. And I know that like the retail environment is still not where I want to be, but I was like, what is like, what is software development? Let's see what that's all about. And I kind of started diving into it a little bit of like, um, and it was also around that time that I was like, I want to make a video game. Like people are making video games left and right. There's all these independent developers making indie games that are hitting, you know, hitting it big or, you know, that are, that are being able to like express themselves creatively. So it was kind of like, I'm going to be a video game guy. And I delved into that world too. And like, I'm a very much a gamer and uh, being able to like look at that industry and be like, wow, like this would be a really cool place to be. It seems like there's a lot of creativity, a lot of expression. 
you know, having come from that music background, like there's this appreciation of the arts that are in there that like really isn't when you're looking at like Microsoft Teams, you know, <laughs> like it's not exactly the most expressive artistic thing, but um, that was kind of the yeah. No, I hear it in your voice how much you were <laughs> craving that outlet yeah. and you just were like wanting some way to turn your passions that you loved into kind of what we were doing for day in, day out for a job. Yeah, that that was a big part of it was like having had that background of creative work. Like my mom was an artist too. She was she did folk art. So she would do like oh my gosh, old school painting that. and stuff and um, you know, I'm I'm your typical like homeschool nerd too. Like I was homeschooled, so like a lot of that art uh, and creativity was like imbued from a young age. So right, I mean, because you were surrounded yeah. by it, you weren't ever yeah. And so, were you playing with tech and stuff as a kid? Was that kind of at your <laughs> access? Not or... exactly, actually. So, um, you know, speaking a little bit of my childhood, like we were in a very um, very conservative household. So it was kind of like, if you play video games, you're going to hell. And like, not exactly that, but like that level of like, you know, we're going to do more creative things. We're going to read books. Mm -hmm. We're going to stay away from the TV, stay away from the Xbox. Sure. I mean, I, I can definitely relate to that. It's funny though now, and I've tried to have this conversation as an adult with my, yeah. with my parents and try to explain like how creative yeah. software development and, and, you know, video games, like, you, you can create a whole universe. Yeah. Think about yeah. what your imagination needs to be capable of for something like that and help oh, yeah. me connect the dots now and saying, okay, like, do you get it now? Yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> this is, you know, it is a, an expression of art and yeah. I think they're coming around to understanding <laughs> that, but it's a journey, yeah. if you will. <laughs> well, it's funny you say the word journey because I was just about to say, like, if you want to give them a small taste of of like the expression and artistic creativity of video games if you have a playstation or a pc pl try playing journey with them it's a game made by a small indie studio called that game company it's fantastic it's it's like under 20 dollars. it's like five hours long but you can play it in small bits and it's to me that's still like one of my favorite video games of all time just the music the elements of it it's beautiful so highly recommend Sweet. I'll, I'll include it in the show notes also thank you it's neat to hear the passion that was driving you it sounds like you were able to name what you were searching for and wanting yeah. but then how exactly did you execute that Ooh, excellent question well I, st I probably started in the worst place because i was like all right i want to make video games but i'm not just going to start learning how to make regular video games because it was around that time that VR had come out. Being the tech nerd that I am, I, I bought a VR headset and I was like, I'm going to dive into VR development. And little did I know, like nobody had written like anything about how to do VR development. The process of setting up was complicated. Everything that could go against me. And so like the, the most that I ever got into it was like somebody had developed like a, a package or a kit for Unity where you could just do like small VR interactions and like use that as a basis. But I had no coding experience, so I was just kind of looking at it and going, oh, okay, like, <laughs> this works, I guess. Okay. So. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. And being like, I think I get this yeah. and understand how it's worked. Sure. Okay. Yeah, so it, it was just kind of like figuring it out as I went. And I ended up making a small, like, experience. Literally, I wrote zero lines of code. But I made a small experience mm -hmm. where I could pick up a block and I could throw it. And I was like, yes, yeah. I'm a game developer now. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me now. <laughs> Just a few more years, and I might be able to get this block to go somewhere else. So, sure. But, uh, you know, it was one of those things where at that point I was like, yeah, this isn't working out. Like, it's, uh, yeah, I can do mm. this, but I'm basing it off of somebody else's work. I'm not actually coding anything. I have nowhere, no idea where to begin. And a lot of the tutorials and stuff right. at the time were like, you know, I, I firmly came from the whole perspective, you know, having been homeschooled of like, you don't need that degree. I shouldn't say you don't need it because I did go to college, but I haven't achieved my degree yet. But I, I did come from that perspective of knowing that like code and development is something that you can teach yourself. So it was very much in my mind of like, I am not going to spend a single dollar going to college. Right. I'm not going right. to put myself into that, into that debt and into that time sink. I, I it was just in, at my life at the time. I was like, that's just not for me. So I said, I'm going to learn. We got the internet. We've got a number of people out there who are smart. We've got a lot of brilliant people who've mm -hmm. developed coding processes and ways to teach code. That's how I'm going to do it. And so it was shortly after this like VR experiment that there's a local group here uh, right. called the Innovation Den. 
and they're kind of an entrepreneurial like startup space. And they kind of posted this cryptic thing of like, hey, we're looking for people involved in a, who want to get involved in some cool computer stuff. And I was like, <laughs> ding, 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 like, hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and at that time I was like, we, I had just gotten married. My wife was expecting our first child. Right. And I was like, screw it. Like, I'm going to see what they want. <laughs> so I jumped. Let's find out. Yeah, yeah let's sure. find out. So I, so I replied back and they said, well, we've got a project that we're, they're providing the space for this program called Inspire Idaho. And okay. uh, kind of like you mentioned, Inspire Idaho's, you know, this place to help teach adults who either aren't able to or who don't want to go through the traditional like education path to a computer science degree. And I had had some friends who were developers and who who did go through that and they were like, Yeah, it's tough. Like it's it's not easy to right. do that. So I was like, you know what? Like this would be awesome. So Took the, let me try this. Yeah, let me see. And so the first day, like it was, uh, you know, we did this like kind of introduction and it was all, uh, they had some people there who are actually from Apple, from their education team who are like, we're going to teach you how to teach other people how to code. I don't know how to code. Is that yeah. okay? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh crap, I don't know anything about coding. And they're like, you'll be fine. You'll be okay. That's so they did like a, a short like boot camp for a few days and we kind of like got started and, and that was kind of the beginning of my time kind of starting to teach coding. So that was that was sort of the impetus, I guess. And so were they, to dive into this, I just have so many questions. Yeah. So did they yeah, help you kind of make sense of how to like pedagogically like teach and educational parts of things, like how to present content to folks or did they actually give you the tools of like, here's what coding is? Yeah, So so basically they started off by saying like we want this to be this app development program and since we're able to partner with with apple like we're not going to teach android development right <laughs> so they're like we're going to teach you swift and apple at the time they still have them but they, they've updated them since they have the everyone can code book series which i think now it's developed with swift so their approach was like all right let's spend a day or two like teaching you the basics of like coding and then you'll go through the book work and basically be not necessarily, I guess I should reclassify that my role wasn't in necessarily being an instructor, but more of a facilitator of like making sure everybody's staying on track and they're kind of going at their own pace, you know, the support in that way of like, can I, where are you getting exactly. stuck? Let's kind of like work through that and being that rubber ducky for someone. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. Cause the, the idea was that this would be a program that people would be able to follow on their own since we have the material, but then having someone there to like poke and prod and ask the questions and like oh, keep cool. the conversation flowing. So yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. And also it sounds like yeah. maybe help with accountability on those things because so many people sign up for yeah. stuff or start day one and then trickle off. And so how do you actually help people get all the way through it? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That was, that was kind of the idea is like having it be community driven, but having it mm -hmm. be, based on having someone like pushing people through because you're right like that was one of the things about the program is that it's free so anybody mm -hmm. can join and sign up but one of the challenges we face is like when something's free and you don't want to do it Retention, like how do you keep yeah. people going so definitely yeah interesting okay so once you came on to that i mean was this like a volunteer kind of thing or what was this did you jump ship into this and it was full time? This was and still is. Like I'm still part of the program, which is which is excellent. So we're we've been oh, keeping cool. it going. But yeah, it's it's completely volunteer. Everybody involved is completely volunteered. We have 15 different groups across the state now with a varying sizes, and we give, have new people coming in all the time. So it's it's a program that's definitely been been rolling for a while, but. Um, I basically did it in the evenings. Okay, so folks, if you're listening and are curious to learn more, Absolutely. I will I will include links and whatnot so that if if this sounds like something that's up your alley, yeah, it definitely sounds like I mean free cur content curriculum. I mean, how do you know that? It's so cool, <laughs> that's great. And I'll plug a little bit that we we try to we try to stay like local to Idaho and to the locations within Idaho. Um, cool. cause it's definitely like a program that the university of Idaho is supporting, but for any who are interested, just hit me up. I'll provide some links and things too, to just, you know, I'll get, I'll give them okay. to you to put in the, the notes so that people can kind of see and feel free to reach out to me on Twitter or whatever for questions. But, but yeah, so it's basically been like a part-time thing, not really like a full job. Like we, we meet once every two weeks and kind of like talk over with the people that are in the group as far as like where they're at, where they're standing, kind of the progress that everyone's at. So. 
a check-in on everyone. Yeah. But and so it sounds like though then you were also able to learn the content that you were teaching. Yeah. Because now you're a software engineer in that same space. That's exactly it. So, <laughs> so. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and, and I acknowledge like my path is not that similar to well, I shouldn't say like it's not it's not the same as everybody else's. Everybody has a different path to becoming a software engineer, but I think totally. because I had the unique opportunity to like teach other people or at least being a facilitator capacity, it gave me that drive and mm-hmm. that that impetus to be like, you know what? This is awesome. This is fun. Like I'm actually really enjoying like the problem solving aspect. And there is that creative element right. of like building different app components. And so I was like, you know what? Oh like gosh, absolutely. I'm gonna use this as the springboard to get me into software development. Yeah. And and it's you're almost this like perfect product of this program itself too. You know, <laughs> like you're a model student of it. It's really neat. So okay, so as I mentioned, you're shared that you were let go for COVID or this year. Um, So that must have been like so stressful and terrifying with a family. And, you know, congratulations are in order though, because you have found something. Tell me about kind of like that journey getting to where you are now. Yeah. So, you know, shortly after I kind of joined Inspire Idaho, um, I guess that was like two years ago. Um, I was, you know, for reasons that I won't get into, um, you know, I decided, you know what, I need to move on from the PC space. I need to find that next thing. I'm still doing this coding thing. I'm like, you know, a year into the coding thing. I was like, man, like, I want to start looking for an opportunity. And I kind of started putting my feelers out there and I saw the requirements on like job sites and stuff. And I was like, oh, I'm not ready. <laughs> like, Definitely not ready for this. But I kept coding in the evenings, like pretty much every night I'd come home and I'd be tackling my own personal projects or trying to learn more about different aspects of Swift. And, you know, I'd, I'd say probably time frame wise, I probably spent, you know, at least an hour a night just kind of like hacking away at it a little bit, a little bit at a time. Um, huge shout out to the Hacking with Swift program by Paul Hudson. Like I also went through his 100 Days of Swift and got part of the way through the 100 Days of Swift UI. So for those who haven't checked that out, definitely check that out. But yeah, basically rolled with it, kept going with the program, finished Apple's books and courses, and then basically said like, all right, I need to find another job while I start working on... My, my plan was I want to develop an app and get it out there so that I can take that as like a resume piece and say, because my GitHub was like nothing. You know, I had like one little thing on there. I was like, all right, I need to actually put stuff on here. And it's not that easy to just copy and paste. Hello, We Belong Here listeners. Imagine a job where you can work whenever you want, on whatever you want, from wherever you want. Hello, white sand beaches of Thailand or the comfort of your own couch. Oh, and you're your own boss. Now, what if I told you that dream could become your reality? This is the life of a freelancer, and with some hard work and the help of Hectic, it could be your life too. Hectic is an all-in-one business management software built specifically for freelancers who are just getting started or looking to take their freelance business to the next level. Hectic is everything a freelancer needs to get started, from an easy to use contracts and proposal builder to client management and project tracking to expenses and invoices that features click to pay technology that makes it quick and easy for freelancers to get paid. Built specifically for freelancers, Hectic is everything you need to get started. Visit gethecticapp.com slash we belong here to learn more and start for free. Yep, adding your first client on the platform will always be free. And if you sign up through the gethecticapp.com slash we belong here, you'll be supporting me in this podcast because who couldn't use a little extra support right now? Visit gethecticapp.com slash we belong here to find everything you need to start or grow your freelancing business today and put those in-demand skills to good use in the way you've always dreamed of. You chose like a very particular route to take. And I think that that is a really helpful tip because there, as you said, there is so much content out there on like how to learn to code and what, 
you know, all these different courses and curriculum and it's almost hard to choose. And so it's cool to hear that you, you know, you were like, I want to go in all in on this. And so I'm going to follow this particular curriculum and then I'll get the supplemental pieces from Apple, et cetera. And so it allowed you then to like, then, yeah, you have a portfolio piece that you're able to then take on job interviews and kind of speak to and talk about how you work through code solutions, et cetera. But I think it's really daunting for some people when they just kind of, if you type in learn to code, I mean, it's just too much. And so it's a good piece of advice to really just, you know, pick something that you're interested in, dive in on to it. Well, and to like carry on with that too, like one of the things that I think kept me on the right path to of like focusing Mm. was I started with an idea of like, okay, what app can I build? Like as I, I kind of let myself you know, knowing that I wasn't an amazing developer or that I had any skill whatsoever, I said, what kind of app do I want to build? And I landed sure. on, you know, I'm a, I'm a nerd, right? So I was like, there are no good Dungeons and Dragons related or tabletop RPG apps that fit what I want on the app store. And so I said, nice. I'm going to build that app. Yeah. And I think that is incredible advice as well, though. Build what you want and need. Exactly. Like that is, it's going to fuel the fire that... I mean, there's a, it's a slog, like it's a long process to build an app. And if you're not interested in the content of it, then you're not going to finish it most likely. (laughs) So it's cool to let your passion drive it. That was, that was like the very first thing I was like, it has to be something I want to work on or else I'm not Mm going to work on it. Yeah. And in addition to that, it's got to be a topic that's interesting. It's got to be something, you know, just all those things kind of like pulled together. And then in addition to that, I was like, I had to set the hard goal in my head of like, I will release this app. It's not released yet, but <laughs> I had to set that goal in my head <laughs> to say like, it's got to be done. Right. So, and, yeah. and breaking it down to the small parts, like I may not know, I had to, you have to admit to yourself at a certain point, like the scope of like something like that or any app that you take on, like people, I see people all the time who have like these crazy AR apps or these other things going on. And I can't imagine sitting down and looking at that and going, this is what I want to build, mm-hmm. but you have to look at it and go, okay. I want to build this app that like connects to a web database and does this and does that and does all these crazy things. But then in reality, when you're learning, you've got to take the scope way down and say, I'm going to build a button today. I have an hour to code. I'm building a button and that's all you do. That's it. And you'd be satisfied with that because that's where you see the progress is like, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Simplified, scaled down. You can always iterate, build upon it, but just get that MVP, get this, you know, very small thing functioning. 100%. Yep. Yeah. And I think that's where the kind of coupling all that together is kind Mm -hmm. of where I saw success. And I, I feel that, I feel that a lot of folks have those grand ideas and, you know, everybody has that app idea and, you absolutely can follow through with it just by by taking it slow, by taking mm-hmm. it piece by piece. And and by saying, okay, hey, I want to add this feature to the app. Well, let me find the tutorials and the material that'll teach yep. me how to do that. Mm-hmm. So that you're not exactly following like a, a rote, like A to Z no, book oh or structure. Gosh. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> Rarely are you going to be able to find the exact implementation that you are searching exactly. for. But yeah, maybe a library or something, another sample code of someone doing something similar and trying to dive into that piece for sure. <laughs> yep. <laughs> a lot of Stack Overflow questions. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Everybody and just being flexible with it also yeah. for sure. Okay, yeah. cool. And so tell me about, bring us to today, tell me about Gleason Technology. So yeah, as, as you mentioned, I think we, we got off topic on it, but uh, I, I was let go from my previous job. I ended up moving from my from the credit union to another startup that Unfortunately, due to the nature of their business and the pandemic, it just didn't pan out. So I was let go, um, basically said, okay, this is the time I'm going to spend all of my time just working on code. Like I, I'm going all in. So I spent basically the last couple of months before September, like delving deep into breaking down, building my app, kind of sprucing up all of my different locations where I have my content, my GitHub building a personal website, writing and rewriting my resume. Like it was a slog for sure. And then applying it. I think I went through probably, probably like a hundred applications and got about five interviews. So it was, it's, it is a numbers game. Um, And just, you know, I think 
compounded with new to software development in addition to the pandemic and the nature of jobs in the US because of that at the time it was and even today I think it was just that challenge of like constant constant iteration constant need for for like driving through to that so I was lucky enough that you know my previous employer had left me with a pretty good severance so it was nice enough that I kind of could float but it was still one of those scary moments of like Every day you're like ticking towards that like doomsday time when that runs out and everything else runs out and you're kind of like, well, you know, we'll see where life is going to lead us. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, um, I, you know, I ended up interviewing with Gleason and uh, they're, they're a much smaller company than, than the ones I've worked with in the past, but they were the first to kind of like extend that offer and say, hey, it's, you know, it's time for you to join a join a team and and work on software development and that was after like two years of like nightly working on code and like hundreds of these applications and you know everything like that it just kind of like hit as this big like sigh of relief you know of like finally making landing that opportunity and you know all sorts of thoughts go in your head of like am I actually ready for this? Am I like, you know, am I really like the imposter syndrome that everyone talks about of like, am I really there? And two months into the job, like I still have like, am I supposed to be here? Is this right? Yeah. Everything is like, is this right? Am I doing this right? Am I working right? My boss is like, you're fine. Slow down. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. And the pressure to like, should I make my first pull request on day one? And just that, Uh, like, let's just learn to code base and, you know, we'll warm up towards it. And yeah, I I think the fear of like, when am I ready to start applying for the roles? And then when you suddenly get a ton of no's, it's like, well, wait, should I even be doing this right now? It's so discouraging. I just appreciate you sharing that though, because first of all, so relatable. And I kind of die a little inside whenever I hear people like brag about getting every single job they've ever applied for because I just can't. I'm like, what is that life like? Oh, it must be nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, huh. it's, you know, I, I'll be real too, like to, to open up a bit. Like there, there, there were a number of nights that it was like just really heavy conversations with my wife and like, how are we going to make this work? And like, you know, she, she was amazing in like basically supporting me the whole way. She's like, I know, I know you can do this. I know you can make it work. And, you know, there's me sitting there like questioning and like, you know, you, you definitely, and you have the, uh, you know, the heartbreaking moments of like, you know, I just, I'll get even more real, like I'm diabetic. So healthcare is super important to me. And I had healthcare until, until September 31st. So that moment of like, am I going to have to choose between feeding my kids or staying alive? Right. So there's there's that too of like am i making this decision for my own health and for my family of like and i know i'm not the only one that's the thing is i know how many other people out there are dealing with that same exact question and it's just it's it's so stressful it's so challenging and you know i'm just i'm so grateful and thankful to like have made that switch and have made that jump and you know i i i think that and I may be going out a little too far, but I think it is it is doable for so many people to make that jump. But and you never will know if it is the right time. I, I still don't feel it's the right time, and I'm employed, and I am like doing it. You know, it's like I I I I don't think that there there ever is. But you, you kind of have to like have that faith of like making that jump and have that confidence because if you don't, like you're not going to make it. Like it's mm-hmm. it's or at least how I've felt about it. I I can't say definitively because I'm, I'm not an employer and I'm not a, you know, I'm not a job maker, but that's, that's always one of those challenges, but it's always putting your head down and working hard is, is one of the ways I've seen it, seen it work out. Right. And owning what you don't know and saying, okay, I don't know this yet, but I'm going to learn it and I'll learn on the job and that's okay because there's no way you can know everything. And it's just easy to self-sabotage and see, everyone on Twitter and everyone that is just so much smarter than us. And (laughs) it's just easy to get overwhelming or overwhelmed. And I, I absolutely can relate. And I just, I think taking that risk on yourself and just starting the interview process and, and learning what an interview looks like too. Like there's skills and there's an art in that whole dance you do with recruiters. 
And so getting experience and getting a bunch of no's and then kind of looking at the metrics on yeah. that, like, okay, how did that one feel? Where did I go wrong there? They said I needed technical, but that one didn't love my like personal stories. So yeah. how do I, you know, yeah. kind of figuring out all of that is an interesting exercise in itself. Well, there's an important, there's one. the soft skills and the, and the culture fit too, that like, they are definitely not like a thing that you can just turn on. Like I, I, I attribute, honestly, I attribute most of me actually getting interviews to my soft skills and being able to communicate well and being able to like talk to people, um, which sure. I think comes from that retail experience. I was just going to say, so you know, yeah. normally we talk about on this show is, you know, how has your past in retail or in IT yeah. support, you know, how has that helped you today in your role? And it sounds like that's exactly it. It's like, yeah, sure. Once you get your foot in the door, you still have to do the interview yeah. and that's where you kind of were shining. It sounds like. Well, and th yeah, that's, that's, I think a hundred percent it is that, you know, we, it's so often that I see, you know, I, I've been lucky enough that I've been able to reach out to a lot of people on Twitter and get a lot of feedback. And mm -hmm. I think oh, nice. that, you know, it's so often that we see people who, you know, and, and conversely, like once I got this opportunity, um, I like posted on Twitter and it kind of blew up and I had a lot of people reach out to me mm -hmm. after the fact of like, how did you do it? how did you get it done? And it's like, I don't know, oh. <laughs> like, I don't know how to answer this, but, but it is true that the soft skills are, are like, we, we focus so much on like our technical knowledge, but it's those soft skills and being able to kind of, like you said, like express what you don't know and express what you can find out. Like, you know, there, there's this one mm -hmm. saying, and I, I go back to it often that was like taught to me at Apple is like, there were some products and some, some things that like I didn't get training on or I didn't know, but using the terminology of like, I don't know the answer to that. Let's find out together. Like, or let's find out sure. like that, that is a huge, like that alone is a huge tool of like, I may not know this answer, but let's, Absolutely. you know, let's hunt it down. And you know, that, that to me was like a massive learn back then to like apply towards your day to day. Cause like in every job, you're going to have that experience of like, someone's going to thrust something at you and say, you need to like deal with this problem. Like, and you're the guy like, or you're the person, right? You're the person who has to deal with this. And so it could be completely unrelated to what you've done or you have experience or skill in before, but using your soft skills to like practice that and how do you how do you approach people with that positivity and empathy in a way mm -hmm. of like understanding where they're coming from um, and being able to communicate out setting the correct expectations of what you're able to do is is a, a great point skill. yeah I mean even just being able to like have yeah. a human moment of like wow yeah that seems really frustrating I'm sorry that, that that's happened oh, let's yeah. figure that out together and get that solved for you I mean that's just like a wildly important experience or just like a human moment too. And so to yeah. be able to bring that into interviews, but now I'm sure your role today also, you know, in this, like the mobile software engineering yeah. space, like I'm sure that ends up playing a huge part too. It, it does. It really does. It's, I mean, there's moments, the unique thing that we're all experiencing right now is remote work, right? Like the company that I work for now is mm -hmm. nowhere near me. They're in a three hour time difference. So, or the the majority of the employees are. So I'm, I'm the outlier in that I was one of their mm -hmm. first remote hires as well. Full remote, not just, hey, we're going to go remote and then come back to the office kind of thing later. Sure. So I have the unique challenge yeah, yeah, yeah. of like being able to communicate where I'm at and where I'm having pitfalls and being able to communicate that with the rest of my team. So, sure. uh, you know, I think those skills of like, if I feel like I may not be listen to or that I don't have enough time to be t to talk about where I'm at or what I'm doing it's like spending the time to like say okay I need to actively reach out and talk to the rest of the team and and get answers and, and talk to you know my director yeah. or my manager and, and kind yeah, of like set those yeah. goals and those boundaries and kind of say like hey I'm you know there's you know we've got this deadline or this project piece that needs to be handled and being able to say all right you know being new to this and being understanding, I'm going to try my best at this area or that area. I'm going to work on these elements. Let me, you know, let me tell you Definitely. where I'm not going to yeah. really succeed as fast as I'd like, but I'll find the answers and, you know, kind of, kind of build through it. So your communication skills even have to be amplified mm -hmm. 
in the sense that you're not able to just walk over and talk to somebody. You, you have to have the written skills as well and the video chat skills, the Zoom, the Zoom skills. <laughs> the Zoom skills. No, and I think there's, you know, it is such um, a bad call to like have an ego in this space and be like, I'll just figure it out on my own and I'm not going to ask a question or I'm not going to ask for help because it takes so much longer than it's like a waste of yeah. everyone's time then to struggle silently all for the sake of, you know, being afraid of admitting you don't know something. And yeah. I don't know, it's, yeah, it's, we got to let go of that stuff because it's such a hindrance. Well, you have to drive your imposter syndrome to not say I'm going to be a bother to others but rather be uh, yeah. my imposter syndrome is driving me to find answers. So mm. I, I'm, I'm trying to take that and say, when I feel that moment of like, Oh no, I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea what's come, what's going to happen. Taking mm-hmm. the initiative to like admit to the rest of the team and be like, Hey, I don't really know what we're talking about with this. Can you explain it to me? Or can you show me? Or, you know, I, I have the unique benefit yeah, that, that my teammate um, that's working on me, working on our current apps uh, with me is, you know, he's got five years experience and Great, all yeah. on the apps that we're building. So I can go to him and say, okay, awesome. what yeah. is this? Like, <laughs> explain, walk, tell me, me through this. walk me through this. And then, you mm-hmm. know, following up and reclarifying and like keeping that, that conversation going. So I think a, yeah. a lot of people, you know, need to hear that too, of like, if you feel that, that you're getting that imposter syndrome coming down, coming down on you like admit it to your team and try to talk through like why right and the Definitely. and the good teams Definitely. will will nurture that good teams will do that um because i've definitely worked sure if someone's like yeah. what you don't get Ugh. that like that's a red flag that that's toxic <laughs> we gotta get that rid of that you gotta go exactly. i mean exactly. <laughs> or, or at least start send us a dm <laughs> we'll start helping you find exactly. something exactly <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, I mean, no, I appreciate you saying that. I I wonder if you can tell me about a time that maybe you felt like an outsider and how you've maybe dealt with those feelings. Uh, That's every morning. (laughs) It's right after, right after coffee. Um, usually yeah, uh, 9, okay. 9 a.m. every day. Yeah. Okay, so- 9 a.m. every day, even on the weekends. Yeah. <laughs> So how do you tackle that? I mean, because it is yeah. tough, right? Like when you, we are new in roles, sure. what do we, how do you get through it? Do you just like acknowledge it and then move past it and like kind of not let it get you down? Yeah, or, I think, you know, what are those tactics? I, one of the best tactics I've found is like, if I'm feeling overwhelmed, right? Because I've, I've had this, mm-hmm. you know, sure. I'm, I'm kind of currently the developer on our project right now. So when I feel those moments of like, oh no, like what am I doing? Where am I going? What is happening? Um, you know, that that imposter syndrome sets in. Like I take the time to say, all right, I need to I need to restructure what I'm doing. It's kind of like going back to that app idea, right? Like I'm building an app for somebody else, but it's still the same process as me building my own app, right? So you take the time point, to like yeah. write down Definitely. those small pieces, to write down those little things, and take one thing that I know I can do and accomplish it. What can I get yeah. done? So breaking mm-hmm. it into those, those few advice. pieces yeah. as possible. Like you, you know, I, I this app that we're building, I can't speak about it, of course, but I can say like, wow, this is a big project, <laughs> and a lot of it's on my shoulders. And those moments come in where you're like, oh my gosh, this is going to impact so many things, and there's so many people like riding on me. Yep. Terrifying. down and say what button am i building today <laughs> like start there so mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. as you get into the flow of work and and those moments like it, it it opens up i think so that that's kind of where i've seen a lot of success is uh taking that that step back that reclarification you know again just like reaching out and saying like i'm like i'm wanting to you know do this next thing but i'm lost i don't know where to go like what I feel so lucky about is that even outside of like a job, we have a great community. Um, iOS is a very open community and development as a whole, mm. everyone's interested in helping. And you know, that's just uh, one of those big things yeah. that I think helps too, is having a community that's, that's willing to be more open than others. I shouldn't say that others because I'm sure there are, you know, a lot of other communities out there that mm-hmm. are, that are amazing, but you know, iOS in particular, I found to be very, very welcoming to people 
with those with those issues. So and open to collaborating and helping make sense of a problem someone's having or think through something that is difficult to make sense of. And so I think it is really neat when you're able to go to the community and say, I have no way out of this or here's what I'm thinking about for the solution. Like what would how would you tackle it? And just kind of inviting that dialogue is a it's a great, great way to I don't know. It's also a way to like cultivate community too, because it encourages folks to get involved in the conversation. uh, And that's an important piece for it too, especially in this like remote time. Oh yeah. Well, and I think that especially like if you look particularly on Twitter, I found so many great developers on Twitter and you know, there was, I can't remember who it was, but someone a few weeks ago or something was like, Hey, when does the, you know, the imposter syndrome stop? Like, when do you feel like you're actually, (laughs) and there was one guy who posted on there. He's like, I worked for Apple for 10 years and I did this and I did that. I'm, I've been in it since I was like 18 and I'm like 50 now. And he's like, I still get it. So like <laughs> that to me lets me know that like, oh, okay, this is just like a normal feeling and that everyone else is in this together. And you mm-hmm. all have that sense of community around that too, of like, we're all mm-hmm. experiencing mm-hmm. this feeling. So it's good to know that you're not the only one. Once you're able to normalize that, it's just, yeah, it happens. This is the feeling. (laughs) This is a constant. You know, it doesn't have to be the day in, day out thing that kind of keeps you down. That's so true. Okay, uh, Frank, so definitely been able to share some already, but any, you know, kind of final pieces of advice for those that are wanting to make the transition into tech that you can share? Yeah, I mean, to kind of sum up, I I feel like, you know, find that project, stick with it for every time you go to sit down to code, like commit to getting, you know, some time done every day if you're learning, Um, even if it's 30 minutes, if it's 15 minutes of just reading something like continually keep that process going and try not to lose a day if you can but with that said like Mm -hmm. still take the time you need to like rest and recuperate don't overstretch yourself right know that imposter and don't be so hard on yourself if you do miss something for whatever yeah yeah yeah. exactly like don't don't feel bad like oh my gosh i missed a day but you know in addition to (laughs) that like you know no reach out to the communities around you work on your soft skills you know there take it slow and purposeful and and just know that everyone's there to cheer you on so you're, you're not alone everyone's here to help and mm-hmm. I, dm me i don't care i will answer any questions for for new developers as best as i can so kind so. of you to offer <laughs> do you want to make your shout out or what are things that you think listeners should check out oh man so many things <laughs> right now my, my website is so down so i won't plug my website but you can check out my github um it's just analog Okay. So if you if you go to github.com slash analog potato, I think you should be able to find me there or my Twitter handle, which is Frank E. Foster. I know it was an old gamer tag that I had from ages ago, but (laughs) yeah, you can also hit me up Twitter, Frank E. Foster, Inspire Idaho. Um, Check out those in the links. And one last thing I'll plug is the iOS dev happy hour put on by Alan. Um, His his uh, Twitter handle is coding coding. It's coming up on the 19th. It's of December. I don't know when this will air, but there will be one in in every month so far. Um, uh, I think it'll air after. Dang it. Okay, but the, there will be one in February or February. I just skipped January in my mind. Sorry, everyone. We all want to skip this year. <laughs> what anyway, is time? So like, we'll just say like yeah. 2022. No, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yep. There will be yep. one every month. Every month. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I. I post often about it alan um coding coding i'll, I'll oh. put it up there too but we i think this last one Perfect. we've got over 670 rsvps oh that's so cool you know, uh one of the big things we have coming is uh ray wendelick is going to be there from what i last heard and then Amazing. um i think paul hudson is also going to be there too he's popped in a couple of times but it's just a great place to kind of hang out and get to know other devs whether you're new or whether you're experienced, we've had a lot of amazing people come in and it's really just a hangout just to enjoy, enjoy time, but huge props to Alan. Yeah, for it's so it great. Together, but yeah. Huge advocate. Oh my it. gosh. Very cool. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Frank, for taking the time to yeah, share your please. story with us. And I, I, yeah, I just really, you know, uh, have loved hearing about it and it's so encouraging and just like such a nice reminder just to keep with it and that, you know, we can do this and yeah. it is worth it that all that hard work is, is promise you it is worth 100%. it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me on. This was an absolute blast. So I, I really appreciate you. Uh, listening to me and I'm 
happy to come back anytime. <laughs> okay, absolutely. Okay, have a, have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And with me today chatting is Greg Thomas, the author of Code Your Way Up, Rise to the Challenge of Software Leadership. Welcome, Greg. Uh, thank you. It's nice to be here. I was just thinking while, while you were saying the title <laughs> of the book, that was the hardest part to come up with was the title of the book. And uh, it just made me think think back to that. And I stumbled for a second there. Naming is hard. But anyhow, okay, yeah. great. I'm so excited to be chatting with you. Can you tell me more about your book? Yeah. Um... Yeah, I, re I released it last year um, and, and it kind of came out like I've managed a lot of a number of software teams and developers and I've kind of went through the whole process of becoming a manager from being a software developer. And I, I kind of got to the point where I kept seeing, you know, the same like going people going through the same mistakes I went through and struggles and like almost like this loss of identity to like, you know, you, you invest all this time in being developer and learning all these frameworks and how to do all these things and then all of a sudden one day someone shows up at your desk and is like yeah like we need you to lead a team and you're like oh well like how do i do that and we're like i don't know but you meet them in half an hour and sometimes it's quick as that and other times you know you have a couple weeks or or some places do like these great leadership programs and uh like i've i've worked in a lot of small companies and whatnot where we had to move pretty quickly so sometimes we didn't always have those programs in place so it kind of came out of that was like one of the big focuses as to how to help you know de developers in that area of like i've just been promoted how do i kind of keep leading software teams and what does that mean for me the second person that i thought of as i was writing it i was like you know when i was a junior developer starting out you know you, you would have your your team leader your manager you'd always be like oh like what do i have to do to kind of get there or how does that happen and, and, I, and i would have people asking me the same thing too and be like oh that's like a great question how does that happen so 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 i kind of started thinking like okay so if i had to go back what are things that i myself would do a bit differently and and or what are things that help me and, and kind of get promoted or get into these positions of management and leadership and, and what does it mean and then i kind of there was a couple other variants of you know, not, not everybody wants to manage people, but does it mean like, what does it mean like they're bad leaders? And I, and I would kind of see that too. And I go, no, it doesn't mean they're, they're not leaders. It just means they, they lead development in other ways. Like I, I, I would work with some developers that, um, fantastic dealing with customers, like really hard customers that would be ready to go nuclear and, uh, they would be great in that role and and better than people than who are leading you know teams of five or ten developers so um yeah so like those were kind of like those were the two big audiences that i was thinking about when i wrote the book i love that and so kind of thinking back to who you were in your earlier journey in your coding career essentially and trying to pull from the lessons that you learned there and also help out others. I love that. I think that that's really thoughtful and much appreciated. What do you kind of hope that readers will take away after reading your book? There's a number of things. I mean, one that I got called on out on as a manager with like when I was managing a couple developers um, was was how we would do reviews with with each other. And and you know you'd always do like, hey, you're doing great and you're fantastic. And like, I wish I had ten of you and 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 whatnot. And and you know, like as, as someone receiving that, you're like, okay, like that's uh, great, you know, thanks. Um, but I actually had one person on my team that was like, you know, like, can we do this again on Monday? And I need you to put some more effort into it because I want to grow and I want to get better. And that's and that's like a really e easy one for you to say. Um, but I need more. And and I think like leadership as a whole is a struggle, and and I and I think it gets amplified in technology because it's moving at such a rapid pace all the time there, there's always like a new way to build something there's a new framework there's a new this so yeah so, so you're kind of on on your feet on that technical side and and, and i really like and I, I i went through and i've seen people go through it too like this loss of identity of like okay i was this developer i was the superstar on the team 
now I'm just struggling to keep my head above water and help everybody. And, and, and how do I, like, I like being the superstar, like, like, you know, and, and now, and now I'm not, I'm, I'm back to, to, to zero. And it's like, I kind of look at it as your, your accomplishments now become measured by how well you lead your team and how well you grow them and how, how well you can help them get to where you are. Um, so like in terms of like what, what I want people to, to leave with is like, a because I've said to a bunch of leaders too, is like, uh, you can still code and lead at the same time. Like it's not an end or thing. Like, like, like I've been leading teams for three years now and I still, it's a different type of coding. It's not like always the main critical path coding, but I do carve out all these different areas that I can try and help in. Cause I, I still love it and, and realize that those are the feelings you probably went through when you were a junior too, when you were trying to figure out all this coding and get good at it. So yeah, you're, you're, you're having to rebalance and, figure out what to do next. And uh, a lot of the leadership section is like on getting started, like how to, how to run your first team meeting and what your team really needs from you and who you report to. And, and how did you think like, like, like one-on-ones uh, like, and, get, and, and have your team get the most out of it. Sure. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the piece you've mentioned giving tangible feedback and really not blowing smoke out people's booties like there's just something really important there about uh, being authentic and okay maybe you're not going to be the star coder anymore on the team but you're enabling your team to do that and so sure it's maybe a bit more behind the scenes yeah there's a lot of things to process and make sense of um, when (laughs) making that transition into what a quote-unquote you know your next level up in the world is so I think yeah that's really thoughtful I, I I wonder if you have any advice our We Belong Here community is made up of folks that are transitioning into tech, career changers, uh, or folks that are kind of en route in that journey. Uh, do you have advice for that audience in particular? That are that are transitioning from like other careers into tech? Yes, exactly. Um, you know what? Someone tweeted about this a couple months ago, and they were like, so what would, what, yeah. what would your first advice be? <laughs> just, just breathe. Because <laughs> I find there's... there's such a barrage out there now and like like when i was getting started like i i didn't go into software development natively i I mean i took business and then i kind of needed a Mm -hmm. part-time job and uh and it was coding and i was like this is fantastic like i get to work from home and i ship files to people and they like run them and then they're like it's good (laughs) and it's like and then i get paid so so yeah, and, and it Great. turned out that like through that I was able to kind of turn that into full time jobs, and I was like, okay, this is even better. And and then I I loved it too. Like I just loved the whole building of it. Um. So so my so my first advice to juniors yeah. is always like, right. uh, and, and new people is just like just just take a breath. Like like you're not gonna get it all in one day. So it's, and I really think it's important to find a focus to start with like for instance i started with web frameworks like like front end web pages Mm -hmm. and everything and javascript and all that but i'm actually more of a back-end coder now because over time i just found i like that more i enjoyed it more so so my number one thing is yeah like Mm -hmm. breathe and just and try and find some focus as to what you want to learn like you can't do it all And, and there's so many frameworks that are always popping up now number two like, especially if you're in a new job where you're kind of like the new junior or the new tech, like my, my, mm-hmm. my whole thing is that, you know, like the real lessons you're going to learn is from the people on your team. So it's like, if you can, the more time you spend with your team, seeing how they code, how they approach problems, sure. how they work with customers, like, like all those things that are not, you know, like, oh, do this with that framework. Like those are the lessons that are going to stay with you for life and, and are going to kind of guide you um, in, in terms of kind of finding that job. Yeah. Like you always have to do like mm-hmm. the technical learning. Um, and, and I think what I see is this is very like, there's different frameworks by industry and, and, yeah. and whatnot that are uh, like some companies use these frameworks and others use these. Uh, my, my, 
biggest benefit I think came from, I focused on small companies when I was starting out. And I think you have the opportunity to learn a lot more there that I, I was then able to, like when I went for interviews with bigger organizations, I was like, yeah, like I've done this, but I've done all this yeah. other stuff too. And they're like, oh, because yeah, you just kind of have yeah. to speak to all the hats that you wore and like really be able to address the different things that you learned because you had to learn, you had to take on so much responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. Like there was one job that I was actually the senior developer on that. I didn't really know I'd been hired for to be the senior developer. So I was a little scared. <laughs> but, but one of the reasons they hired me is because like at that point I had done like a lot of extensive database work and they're like, we don't have anyone that really does databases. So, uh, so, so yeah. I think that's something like, but I wouldn't have gotten that experience from working at smaller companies. And, and then I think like mm-hmm. you learn a lot mm-hmm. and you learn a lot fast. Well, that's great yeah. advice. Well, yeah. It, well, thank you so much for chatting with me about just your advice in general, but also your book and listeners. I am so excited for you to be able to check it out yourself. Greg has offered us a voucher code for an ebook. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So cool. We'll uh, include it in the show notes, I think then. Yes. Okay, cool. Well, definitely let us know what you think. And Greg, I hope you have an incredible day. All right. You too. Thank you. Thank you. And that's a wrap on today's episode. I'm Lauren Lee. Thank you for listening to We Belong Here. If you have any questions about this or any other episode, find me on Twitter at Lolo Coding. That's L-O-L-O-C-O-D-I-N-G. Shoot me an email or leave a comment on the We Belong Here website. If you enjoyed this episode, please, please, please subscribe and review the show on your podcast player of choice. And be sure to check us out next week for another story and lessons learned from an unconventional path to tech.